now we live in a hurting world. We are people who inflict hurt on other folks and we have absorbed hurt ourselves. Hurting is natural, but forgiveness is supernatural. Forgiveness is God's invention, God's kind of final and ultimate creation to deal with our ultimate problem, which is our sin and our guilt and our tendency to hurt others. I want to talk today some more about uh, an event that hopefully is part of forgiveness, but is separate from it, and that is to be reconciled. We've talked before about how forgiveness is primarily an internal matter. It's mostly a process of replacing ill will towards the person who hurt me with goodwill. And it involves both a decision to forgive, a commitment, changing certain behaviors like uh, I won't gossip about this person. I won't try to get vengeance on them. And then I'll seek emotional forgiveness as well, where actually in my body, I'll have a different response when I see that face, when I hear that name. That's forgiveness. Reconciliation takes place not within a person, but within a relationship between two people. And it's primarily the restoration of trust and relationship where trust has been damaged. And so whereas forgiveness is offered as a free gift, reconciliation must be earned. It must be based on a mutual recognition of truth. It doesn't have to involve perfect 100% agreement about everything, but enough so that trust can be established. And there's a fabulous passage Paul writes to the church at Corinth that I want to read. So from now on, this is chapter 5, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though once we regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. And that's why we're called become new. Like that promise from God to help us to become the kind of person he made us to be. All this is from God. And then these fabulous words, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So we have not just been forgiven from within the heart of God, but we have also been reconciled to God. So we can go to God anytime with confidence and in love. And God's committed to us the message of reconciliation. So we want to tell other people that you can be reconciled to God and we want to build reconciliation with each other. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin, that is Jesus, to be sin for us, that is to carry on our behalf the pain and the weight and the guilt and the suffering for it, so that in him we might become the righteousness, the goodness, the well-being, we might experience the flourishing that is characteristic of God. So today is about the ministry of reconciliation and you are made to be an agent of reconciliation. And that raises the question, when there's relational brokenness in my life, when can I, when should I pursue reconciliation? And I want to tell you from Miroslav's little book, Free of Charge, a wonderful story about reconciliation. It is always messy. And the worse the hurt, the messier it is. And in my hurt, I never want to pursue it. But you never know. You never know. Is what Miroslav writes. Ivo Markovich 
a Franciscan monk from Bosnia, was caught in the whirlwind of war in the mid-1990s in which Croats, Bosnians, and Serbs were fighting each other with blood flowing and homes burning on all sides. Muslim Bosnians had massacred 21 men from Susanj, the village in which Father Markovic was born. Nine of them were members of his family, all feeble senior citizens, innocent of any crimes, the youngest of whom was his 71-year-old father. Three years after the massacre, in the fall of 1996, Father Markovic visited Susanj. Occupying the house in which his brother used to live was a fierce Muslim woman. He was warned not to go there because she brandished a rifle to protect her new home. And by the way, this is the part of the world that Miroslav was from. He was very familiar with this conflict and these divisions. He was warned not to go there because she brandished a rifle to protect her new home. He went anyway. As he approached the house, she was waiting for him, cigarette in her mouth and rifle cocked. She barked, go away or I'll shoot you. No, you won't shoot me, said Father Markovich in a gentle but firm voice. You'll make a cup of coffee for me. She stared at him for a while and then slowly put the rifle down and went to the kitchen. Taking the last bit of coffee she had, she mixed in some already used grounds to make enough coffee for two cups. And they, deadly enemies, began to talk as they partook in the ancient ritual of hospitality, drinking coffee together. She told him of her loneliness, of the home she had lost, of the son who had never returned from the battlefield. When Father Markovich returned a month later, she told him, I rejoice at seeing you as much as if my son had returned home. Did they talk about forgiveness? I don't know. And in a sense, it doesn't matter. He, the victim, came to her asking for her hospitality in his brother's home, which she unrightfully possessed. And she responded. And though initially she greeted him with a gun, she eventually entered into relationship with him. The, the power and goodness and beauty of reconciliation is like nothing else. Ev Worthington in his book talks about it's kind of a journey. And the metaphor that he uses, it's building a bridge. There's this quote from uh, Jean-Paul Lederach. You cannot build a bridge starting in the middle. Bridge builders must begin on the side that they're on. And always there'll be a part of me when it comes to reconciliation that says, really, I have to be the one to make the first move? Well, you, you have to be because you're you. <laughs> you're not in charge of the other person. You're on your side of a divide. And so the question is, what step could I take? Now, there's a process of decision. Uh, and then Ev says, when we begin to reconcile, we seek to discuss with the other person to find out how did things look to you. And then we seek to detoxify the relationship. So there's a process. But what I want to talk about for just a couple moments, uh, yeah, right now, is um, uh, how do you decide whether or not you should seek reconciliation? And the bias is to do it. We are to be agents of reconciliation. We have been handed the ministry of reconciliation. At the core of the story of our world is our estrangement from the God who made us and loves us and his uh, self-sacrificing search to be reconciled to us. And that's what we all ache for. 
But there are times when we're not able to seek it. And I want to say a little bit about that. Ev writes about how um, in some cases it might be unhealthy or unsafe to try to reconcile. A woman who has been repeatedly by her husband would be unsafe to put herself back in harm's way. And I know sometimes of churches where there can be a very unhealthy dynamic, sometimes for a variety of reasons. Uh, they will have services where a, a husband who was a serial abuser will get up publicly and express remorse, and then they'll put pressure on the wife. Now, will you forgive and take him back? We saw with David and old King Saul, there are some people where even though they may feel sincerely bad for the moment, their character is such that they will not be safe or trustworthy and it would not be wise and would not be God's will to put yourself in harm's way again. Wouldn't be good for you, wouldn't be good for them. It takes discernment and judgment. We're never uh, offered a way of life that does not require judgment, discernment. There's not necessarily a formula for it, but there are times when people, based on what they have done in the past, have shown themselves to be capable of inflicting so much damage that to try to enter into a relationship with them, to take that risk, to give them the possibility or opportunity to do more damage would not be the right or loving things to do. So there are times when um, it is not possible, it wouldn't be wise to pursue reconciliation with somebody. Uh, it, uh, in other cases, we pursue forgiving them, but the person might have died or they might have moved away. And um, so then reconciliation wouldn't be possible. Sometimes we may be able to pursue partial reconciliation, but not restore the old relationship. So uh, a couple that was married gets divorced. One of them gets remarried. Um, there was great hostility and hatred. There might be a process of forgiveness and a process of reconciliation where they're able to be kind to one another and maybe share holidays together, but th they cannot remarry each other. It's not going to be the old relationship. Or there may be a situation where um, you used to be part of a workplace, and so there were friendships that were there, part of a church, and there were friendships that were there, um, and now, for whatever reason, you're no longer in that workplace or you've moved away. So those relationships um, won't be what they once were. But you can seek to remove barriers and seek to remove the impediments. So you are an agent of reconciliation. And the question today is, how can you take one step towards reconciling with somebody? Maybe it's somebody that you live with where there's just been a little ding and you need to make a little repair. You need to say, I'm sorry. Maybe you need to head for a house where there's a lady with a rifle sitting on the front porch. Probably not going to be that dramatic. Might. What's a step of reconciliation? Maybe it's a small one where there's been a big estrangement. Maybe it's a little repair with somebody that you see on a regular basis. Maybe there's somebody else who needs help repairing and reconciling in a relationship. Paul, when he's writing to the church at Philippi in uh, the fourth chapter, Philippians chapter 4, verse 2, he says that I plead with you, and then he names these two women, Yodia and Syntyche, to be of one mind. Apparently, they had gotten in conflict. They'd gotten sideways with each other. And Paul publicly writes in this letter, come on, I want you guys to reconcile. And then to the rest of the church, uh, it's very interesting. He doesn't say, and the rest of you judge them. Gossip often about what terrible women these are and how you would never do that. Uh, withdraw from them. See if they can make it on their own. Be neutral. No, he says, everybody else, help these women who have contended with me for the cause of the gospel. So whatever it looks like today, you are an agent 
you have been given a commission for the ministry of reconciliation. Man, does our world need it. Forgive us our debts as we forgive. Thanks for joining us. At Become New, we want to grow spiritually one day at a time, but it's tough to do that alone. So we're offering a little more support for anyone who would like to work on putting the content into practice. You can sign up to receive a text at the end of each week in this series, asking if you completed the here's how portion for that week. If you want, you can reply to the text and let us know how it went, or if you need prayer in taking those action steps. To sign up for the end of week reminder, just text the word MORE to 855-888-0444 and we'll put you on the list. As always, to receive the emails or video links by text, you can let us know at becomenew.com slash subscribe. If you're already signed up for the emails but aren't getting them, try checking your spam folder or better yet, you can add us to your contact list. Our email address is connect at becomenew.com. If you need prayer, we're here for you. Text your specific prayer request to 855-888-0444. There's a team of us who meet each weekday to pray specifically over every person who sends a text in. We'll catch you next time.